0: Please listen carefully. Hi, I'm Paul Frields. And I'm Dave Guzman. And welcome to Practical Bass, where we will talk to you about how to elevate your gigs and gear and take your musicianship and your performances, your mastery of your craft to the next level. Uh, by covering a topic of practical interest every single week. Uh what do we have on tap this week, Dave? Paul, today we're gonna talk about insurance options for your musical gear. Insurance. This is a hot, hot topic. Nothing nothing gets people into the groove this like is, insurance.
1: This is edge your seat stuff. <laughs>
0: Wait, before you turn that dial, listeners, <laughs> I feel like we need to provide some inducement. Like, if you if you stay to the end, there's a giveaway. But that would be a lie. There is no
1: giveaway. <laughs> yeah. There's no insurance discounts at the
0: end. The cake is a lie. <laughs> no, but seriously. Okay, so the the topic does seem like a dry one. We're not going to cover all the ins and outs of insurance here. We are neither insurance salesmen nor i think are either of us passionate about insurance but i think the key is that insurance is something that you need but it's not something a lot of people think about until after you needed it and don't have it and that's kind of the key right that's a dangerous spot to be in as a practicing musician
1: exactly yeah
0: right and a lot of people think you know i think uh naively and i myself thought this for many years that if hey i've got homeowner's insurance right so my bases at home or covered my musical equipment at home is covered and if there's a problem and uh you know something happens to those instruments or my equipment no problem like right? my my homeowner's insurance will cover it uh right. or you know some people rent places right and probably have the same thought that they if they have thought ahead and got renter's insurance to cover damages in case of, you know, an emergency or an accident or whatever.
1: Yeah.
0: They think that that covers all of their stuff. And the practical reality is that most insurance for your home or uh, your apartment rental does not cover other specialty items. It's true. Yep. Right. You have to call your agent about that to know for sure. And, You know, I think we'll probably say that a lot in this podcast if we're not careful. There are so many policy companies, right? There are so many insurers out there and so many different companies that you can get insurance from that we can't possibly know what every single policy does or doesn't cover. Like I said, we're not experts, right? Exactly. Yeah. So if you have a question about this, the absolute best thing you can do is pick up your phone and call your agent and- pose the question to them. And sometimes you need to get pretty specific, right? And say, hey, if the following thing were to happen, like let's say my my home burnt down or right. there was a huge flood and it destroyed my all my recording equipment and my PA equipment, would you guys cover that, right? And they may want to know details about like how much stuff you have, what, what the cost is. And that may be a big determining factor, but a lot of these policies just simply... Don't cover valuables like that they'll cover your you know your furniture, your clothing, things that are necessities yeah for living, but they don't cover what are considered valuables or luxury items or uh hobby equipment it's
1: true, yeah yeah I actually um you know I guess just to preface this i i in in preparation for this, I did happen to call. My, you know, it's a large insurance company. Which, just which shall that.
0: remain nameless. <laughs> yes.
1: This is not a commercial. <laughs> Unless if they want to pay
0: us, then we, we'll name their name. We should call your agent back and ask that. Just see if they want to throw us some dough on the side. You know, <laughs> I'm open.
1: Um, and, you know, the, the agent's comment to, I, I had a number of questions that I, I had asked her Um But basically, it was exactly what you said, and it amazed me that it came down to it. Now, for for my plan, which is a generic homeowner's plan, it was a little loosey goosey. Like they they would they would cover you know up to a certain dollar amount. I think it was up to like whatever twenty thousand or so in my house if it's stolen. And then there's like all this fine print around it. But where it got really tricky is when I explained what I do with these instruments, which is I play them. Outside of my house right and now I'm technically because I'm getting paid I'm a business right so all of a sudden my that coverage bottoms from like twenty thousand to two hundred and fifty dollars of coverage with the five hundred dollar deductible which yeah. technically means now I owe them two hundred and fifty dollars mm-hmm. <laughs> Right, and
0: I don't get any money. Right, you're out. Of, right, you're going to be out of pocket. And <laughs> I have to pay them, and that's not even like I mean, that's that's like maybe one moderately priced instrument worth of coverage.
1: Right, maybe. Right, right. It's like my cables.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like the moment you leave your house, it's those things really don't pertain to your policy at, at all, as far as the insurer is concerned. And right. you know, the same thing goes for car insurance. Right. A lot of people think, oh, you know, I. I put my instruments, my amps in the car, I go out to a gig, uh, somebody rear ends me, right? And it destroys my amp, which was sitting in my trunk, or, you know, snaps the neck of my favorite bass, right? Yeah. Or any one of those horror stories. And the fact is, again, that's not covered on a lot of auto insurance policies. You know, again, you have to call to be sure, but generally not going to be covered, Yep. So that's, you know, again another disaster waiting to happen. Uh accidents, theft, right? Anything that happens like that, you are looking at a big financial loss. Um, you know, uh, even if you've got a pretty modest rig. I mean, I I I tend to think, you know, right now I I feel good about the equipment that I have. I mean, I think it's it's definitely at the the pro level but i would not say that i am a uh, i'm a person who you know splurges when i buy i mean i think i buy at the right level for me yeah but you know even with a modest rig like that let's like let's say i'm going to a gig where i'm not bringing sound right and i just put a couple of basses and you know my amp yep. in the car and you know my cables and things like that i mean that is you know well over $3,500 right, for that amount of equipment if it was right. all, you know, if it all became a loss.
1: Right. If you have to replace every piece of it.
0: Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I've, I probably have some some pieces in there that are, you know, in my equipment bag or whatever. They're a little hard to find nowadays. Not not much of it, but a, a little bit of stuff like that. But for the most part, you know, that that kind of money is not easy to just scraped together on zero notice, right? Not to mention, which obviously the gig's ruined. I mean, there's nothing you can do about that, but it's like, how do you recover from that? Like, you know, and then add to that the idea of taking a sound rig for a gig. Right. And frequently I'm doing that nowadays, right, where I'm carrying my equipment, but I'm also carrying the sound, the PA, et cetera, et cetera, for the rest of the band, and now you're talking, I mean, I'm probably into like the $15,000 yeah. you know, total, like sitting in the car.
1: Now it's serious, right. Which yeah. is, in, in cases where these things do happen, it's because they're all in one
0: location. Right, right. Everything's there and everything's at risk in, yeah. in one place, right? And, you know, I, I imagine you're probably yeah. in the same,
1: yeah. The same mean, boat. Yeah, I mean, I don't, um, right now in, with the 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 projects that I'm running I don't I'm not supplying much in regards to the overall sound but just my rig alone is right around there between 3 to you know 4000 yeah um and it's not you know over the top it's just when you tally everything up
0: it it adds up it does yeah it really does i mean you add in cables and you know a cable tester and um, you know, various accessories that you have in your bag. You know, I add in, like, the fact I'm bringing my tablet is coming with me for, right. you know, charts or whatever. Couple bases. Some pedals. An amp, pedals. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you put all that stuff together and suddenly it's like, wow, I didn't realize I was carrying around a small fortune every time I'm doing this. Right. So that's if, – if if the listener is not convinced that this is a serious topic, I mean, I would – I would invite you to add up what it would cost you to go to the store and buy everything that you needed to be back where you are with your rig. Yeah. You just go even like, seriously, like stop the podcast, take five minutes and do that. Just like look up in a catalog or go to Sweetwater or one of these places online. That was not a ad placement, by the way, just came to (laughs) mind. Um, You know, go add up what it would take to, rebuy everything you need and, you know, come back and and listen again. Cause I, you know, I think it'll be sobering for a lot of people. So have you ever had a loss on the road of any kind, Dave? Has that ever bitten you?
1: I am very grateful and lucky that it, it hasn't happened to me directly, but, um, but I've had, like, I've had a lot of near experiences and I've had friends, uh, who are bassists or other musicians in general but even bassists who have had equipment stolen um i've got a friend who is playing a sh- a show at a at a bar a venue uh i think it was a set break and he came back and the bass was gone oh just my like God.
0: that like what was it a was it like a fairly valuable instrument
1: yeah it was um i don't remember specifically but i know that it was an older vendor Good jazz, uh, like
0: like a classic, like yeah. it was like a real classic, and
1: yeah, it was not pretty. something
0: you can just nip off and right. I mean, you can buy another bass, but you can't buy like you can't buy another like you know nineteen sixty four bass. Uh-uh. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's that is, it's so painful. You know when yeah. when when we hear about that happening to fellow musicians, I mean, it just it kicks you right in the gut, and it's not because the thing is worth money; it's because you love it. Right. An instrument yeah. like that has a lot of years on it, has a lot of love that's gone into it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's like the worst. It, I, I don't tough, tend yeah. to bring any, I don't bring any like really valuable classic instruments out, but you know, I, I have an attachment to all the bases that I have because I do play almost all of them regularly. Right. In some way, shape or form. Cause they're right for the gig and yeah. you know, losing any one of them would be, I mean, I, I, it would, it would just really it would it would destroy me but i mean it would really make me upset and disappointed and sad
1: absolutely yeah just aside from the financial aspect so have yeah. you actually had any equipment taken stolen or, or damaged no
0: well lucky to lucky to not have anything stolen but like you i've got friends who have lost everything uh i have a friend who's a guitar player um, he plays for some amazing bands, and if you haven't checked these out, I will plug them right now. These United States or van de Veer, Um, he's worked with them. He's worked with numerous other folks as a producer and a guitar player and an engineer. Fabulous guy by the name of Tom Nato. And I know that he was on tour one time, uh, and they were in the Midwest somewhere, and someone broke in the van and stole almost everything they owned, like literally down to his pedal steel guitar. Right. Just Gone. And, uh, you know, it just killed me the heartbreak that I would have felt, you know, opening up the van or going out and seeing those open doors and everything gone and just like your heart falling out of the bottom of your stomach would yeah. just be terrible. Now, I have had losses that are more like accidents or semi accidents. And I guess by semi accidents, I mean audience members who were just, you know, enjoyed themselves way too much at the bar and, mm-hmm. you know, lost control and or balance and yep. have inadvertently wrecked things uh, in certain situations. Um, you know, a friend of mine, he had a wonderful, beautiful guitar that his wife bought him for his birthday. He took it out to a gig very first time he brought it out to a gig and somebody was nearby and just, because they had, again, they kind of like they had a little too much, yeah. weren't responsible, and they kind of knocked a mic stand over on the stage, and it took a chip out of the neck of his mm-hmm. brand new guitar. You know, yeah. So you know, personally, I'm real again lucky. Nothing horrible has ever happened, like devastatingly bad in terms of loss. But it's always in the back of my mind that that it could happen, right? I've got a tour yeah. coming up in summer where I'm going to be gone for, you know, five, probably five or six days and, you know, seven dates. And during that time, you know, I don't know people and the places that we're going to be around. Right. So, you know, who knows what could happen there?
1: Yeah. It's also, uh, it's funny because when I just thought of it, I, I was, when you're telling me about, you know, people hitting mic stands, it, it, yeah. that, it's like, it's very common. I mean, especially if you've got a, there's no, stage necessarily like a, a, that has a rise to it. And so when you're playing on the same floors, especially if people are dancing, if you're, you know, it, it happens a lot of times and, and, you know, we'll do this as musicians where we start to inch back or inch away from where the people are, right. Right. Just to keep things a little bit tighter, give them some more room because they'll, or, you know, the the old, you know, knock the microphone into your teeth. That's a, that's a fun one.
0: Um, And and, I mean, people can tell by listening to this, right, that like we're, you know, we definitely are addressing like all sizes of gigs here, right? There are gigs where you're on a big stage or an elevated stage and these things aren't a risk. But we know that a lot of you guys out there in the listening audience like us have probably also done shows where there's not a big barrier between you and and the people, right? Like a lot of working gigs are like that. You don't, you don't have this sort of safe zone. Right, all the time,
1: and it just things happen, you know. And I'm I'm sure we all have like these like kind of funny stories that are really close calls. But the the one that I'm thinking of it just came to mind is where you've got uh, we we were playing a show that was uh, it was a hot show. It was at a an Alzheimer's yeah center. You know, it's the gig everybody wants, <laughs> right, right? And uh, you know, more of one of those corporate gigs, and like it's uh, you know, it was an interesting one, but. There was one guy who was in a wheelchair, elderly gentleman. There was something about me that he didn't like. And he had kind of a fiery personality. And this is no, no lie. He comes out of nowhere. It's very tame crowd. He comes out of nowhere charging with his wheelchair at me. Screaming
0: profanities. Really? Now, was he like, this isn't like, A guy who was just hanging out at a, at a at a at a a, like he wasn't part of the fundraising crowd. Like this was a patient at the center. Yeah,
1: yeah. The event was for the for the you know for the residents there at this this Alzheimer's center. Yeah, and so he's just gunning for me. Yeah, cursing left and right, and right at the last minute, kicks his legs out and kind of uses it to kick my stand to kick my microphone stand over like it was intentional yeah it was yeah. a sabotage yeah um it missed everything like it just the microphone basically slammed on the floor and right you know we right. called it rock and roll but uh but it, you know it's just like one of those <laughs> odd situations where like yeah you I just you have planned never that. know like yeah. you
0: never know what's going to happen exactly right i mean that's yeah i mean it's it's a it's a hazard of the of the job that, you know, things are going to happen unexpectedly. So, um, you know, so how do you deal with that? Like one way, one way to deal with it is via insurance, right? Insurance is the thing that you get to protect yourself against the occurrence that you can't really plan for, or that you don't, you know, you don't want to deal with the, the, the fallout, right? right. That happens afterward. Like, you know, again, that that theft of everything from the van on a tour or you know uh, a flood of a venue where you're keeping your your equipment right, right over over a period of time yeah. things like that. And you know you're probably you know, you're probably not going to find coverage for those types of loss or those types of events at some insurers like you may not be able to call up, Allstate or Geico or State Farm or somebody like that to get this kind of insurance. Now, I don't know for sure. I'm not calling out any of those insurance companies to yeah. say they don't have this. Uh, you know, again, I think our audience members first thing I would do is call whoever your insurer is and just, you know, find out what they offer offer because you never know. Right. Right? But there are a couple firms that we do know that specialize in handling insurance needs for working musicians, right? And one of the ones I think people know uh, by name, uh, they're they're you know, they're pretty famous for handling these types of policies is Music Pro, right? Uh musicproinsurance.com. We'll have the link in the show notes. Yep. Um, I believe that they are actually I believe they're connected to ASCAP. Right. And, uh, you know, I'm not exactly sure how that business connection works, but I believe there is some connection between them and ASCAP. Mm. And, you know, Music Pro has been in the business for, you know, decades at this point, And they will ensure, you know, working musicians of all types. So you don't need to be super famous to get a policy through them. Yeah. Um, you know, once again, you know, Dave and I are not here to be commercials for these for these services that you hear. These are just places that we found while we were doing some research and asking around and calling people and you know interviewing musicians that we know and finding out what they do, right? I think yeah. there's another one in the UK that's like this too, right?
1: Yep. Yeah. There's a I think there's uh I mean there's a couple of names, you know, if you search out Anderson Group was another Yeah. Agency. I mean they're affiliated with other insurance, you know, insurance firms, but yeah, there there are places to go, but those are those are your biggies, I think. Right,
0: right. And I think in the UK there's one called Alliance. I don't know if we have any listeners who are, you know, on the other side of the pond, but I think Alliance covers uh covers musicians in the UK right. abroad. Um you know, and again, these are specialty firms. The prices that I saw differed a bit from from firm to firm, but you know, for an average of like forty or fifty thousand dollars of equipment, which probably covers that, probably is good coverage for your average like four piece working band. Like that'll cover everybody's instruments. Uh, you know, your PA system, et cetera, et cetera. Right on on a you know an, an average gig or on a tour or whatever the case might be. And I think that that ran about two hundred and fifty dollars a year. Yeah. Now, $250 is, that's not a drop in the bucket, but I think if you look at the cost of that over, let's say you do a gig every weekend. Yeah. So over, you know, 50, let's say leaving out holidays over 50 weekends, you're paying $5 a gig to make sure that if something terrible happens, uh, you have someone on the other end of a phone that you pick up and you can call them. Right. And you know that they are ready to hear from you, and like they will replace what you lost, you know, within days, right, or week. Yeah, it's a.
1: When I looked at those numbers, it, it it definitely surprised me at at how low that cost was for the for the amount of yeah you know peace of mind that it offers. Yeah,
0: and I think that wasn't even like a that's not a starting rate either. Like I think if you have less to cover, you can get. Smaller amounts of coverage for less money too. Like yeah. that was a, that was like an average policy that they, you know, a bunch of these firms had, you know, real numbers that they posted and said, here's on average what it'll cost you. And, you know, if you only had like 20 grand of equipment to cover, yeah, your cost is going to be less, right? It'll be, it'll be quite a bit less per, per year. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There were, there were prices that from what I saw that were even in some cases under a hundred dollars a year. If it's, if it's just you, if you, if it's just you as a bassist or as a musician that you've got, you know, your rig and you just want to make sure your rig is covered. So it's definitely, I, you know, it's, it's something that would be worth your time to explore.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, another point about this is that there are also specialty firms that cover instruments, right? Uh, If you have a boutique instrument or a um, I don't know what you would call it, a, a luxury instrument or right. you know, something that you've really dropped a lot of coin on. Like, let's say that you've got a $10,000 uh, acoustic guitar that right. is, that can't be replaced. Right. There are firms that will allow you to insure a very specific instrument. Uh, hmm. Once again, you have to be careful about that because they will, the policies will depend on whether you're going to use that instrument just around your house or whether you're taking it out of the house, right? Your insurance needs may be different. So you do have to be upfront with folks, you know, these agents when you talk to them about what you're doing, like you don't want to like, you don't want to go into it thinking that you'll get a policy for cheap and then that they'll naturally extend it to cover any situation. You have to be really honest and upfront and clear with them about what you're looking for, like what you do with that instrument.
1: Yeah, you definitely don't want to get into the uh, hiding of the marble kind of situation, (laughs) (laughs) you know, be upfront. And, And I think another important piece, if you are going to explore it, is just sit down for five or 10 minutes, and just think about like where your equipment goes, think about what you do with your equipment, where it sits, different situations, and that's what they're there for. Like just hammer questions and different scenarios, be upfront as to like whether you make money with it or what what you do with the equipment so that you can get a real honest answer so that right. if, if you are going to pay for it, you want to know that that at least you're going to be covered in the case that something happens. Right,
0: absolutely. And those cases might be different too, right? Because there are certain, there, there are certain coverage you can get for breakage, right? Where if- uh accidentally something gets broken, some right. of these policies will will cover that. Like if your base gets knocked over and the neck snaps, like the headstock snaps off of it. Yeah. There are policies that will cover that. Like no questions asked. You you know, they'll get you a new neck or a new base or whatever is required to make you whole. Yeah. There are policies that will protect you for cases where theft happens right somebody breaks into that into that locked car i did find an yeah. interesting point which was some of those policies even the good ones right the good policies from these dedicated firms for working musicians yeah you do have to make sure that you're doing your part as well like if you leave your car unlocked and somebody goes in and takes everything some of these policies won't cover you wow but i would also say you know that's <laughs> that, that would be definitely a, a case of negligence right you're yeah. If you're not being careful on your own. Nobody can protect you from that.
1: I mean, I think we've all left our equipment in the car overnight at least once, if not yeah. a number of times. And it's not a good habit. It's not good for the equipment, first of all, but it's right. also dangerous. But if you are going to do it, eh, just like lock the door. Yeah. Make sure just you hit that one button, the, the beep, beep, or
0: whatever that noise is. <laughs> no one, no insurer can protect us against our own stupidity, I think. So, yeah, I always. You know, make sure the house is locked when I leave, make sure the car is locked when, you know, yeah. when I'm leaving it outside. Right. You know, there are other things you could do for for security and safety too. I think, you know, we, we may go into that in another another podcast at one point, like some ways that you can be more secure and safer yeah. whether you're at a gig or on tour or, you know, even you know, even maybe in your own house. So that's right. It'd be great to go into. Yeah. All right. So I hope you got something out of this. I think the the bottom line is if you're not sure what your coverage is, first thing you should do uh, on uh, on Monday morning is pick up the phone and call your agent and just ask to chat with them for a half hour. That's what they're there for. They get paid for that. So yeah. walk through it with them and find out what your coverage is like. And if you don't get an answer that you're happy with, you know, do a little bit of research. Uh, your agent may be able to make suggestions, but you can also head out on the Internet, and, and uh, I think you can find a lot of recommendations there. Uh, We had a couple in this podcast and we'll leave them in the show notes for you. And uh, I think that's probably a good place to leave it. Sounds good. All right. So uh, we are Practical Base. And again, you can find us at our website at practicalbase.com. Let us know what you found out about your insurer. We would love to hear uh, what the results were and what kind of experience you had dealing with uh, a loss in your past. Uh, We'd also like to hear feedback about the show or any ideas that you have that we could use to make it better for you, the bass players out there. We can be found on the web at practicalbass.com, of course. You can pick up this podcast every week. All all our episodes are archived there for you to catch up on if you like. Of course, you can find the podcast on iTunes and Google Play and everywhere else that you need to match your podcatching app. You can find us on social media as well at Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus, and Instagram. We wish you all the best in your playing. And until next time, I'm Paul Frields. I'm Dave Guzman. And this has been Practical Bass. Thanks for listening. Making people aware that it's available. Yeah, right. Yeah. It'll just be us. It's yeah. just going to be us, two yeah. guys talking about insurance. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's what we do. Hey, that's what guys do, right? That's right. We're going to the bar tonight. Yeah. We're going to talk about policies, riders, <laughs> exclusion.